The Spiritual Scientist podcast is today joined by Ari Torreson, and Ari is uh, an author and runs uh, workshops as well to do with um, spirituality. And Ari is a doctor of veterinary medicine in Norway. Um, he's studied anthroposophical medicine, homeopathy, uh, acupuncture, osteopathy, and also agriculture. And Ari gives uh, conferences and workshops all over the world. And he joins us on the Spiritual Scientist podcast today. So uh, welcome to the podcast, Ari. Thank you. It's great to have you. We had a lot of trouble actually making this happen. Lots of uh, emails back and forth. I think it was 35 emails or something before we could make it happen <laughs> due to <laughs> various circumstances. And now today there's scaffolders working on the building outside. So okay, we'll see how we go. And you've got apparently a massive thunderstorm coming there in Norway. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> okay we'll see what happens all right um so maybe the first the place to start first of all would be maybe just a little bit about your background and because th this podcast is mainly about rudolf steiner's work um maybe how you came into contact with with his work as well if you don't mind okay a little <clears throat> personal story then yes well, it started, of course, when I was, uh, not of course, it started when I was five, six years and uh, having no TV, radio, siblings, friends and so on. I was walking very much in nature and I had this ability to fade into trees and flowers and sky and snow and so on like Rudolf Steiner described in Helsinki in 1912. Um, so I, I did that and I met the elemental beings of nature very early. And, um, but of course I didn't tell anybody. I just, because I actually thought it was in my mind. I didn't believe it was reality because nobody else so, so i i thought it was up in the head and it took me 20 years actually to realize that it was real well i realized it was real because when i played chess with my father i wanted always not to start so i chose the the black pawn and i could see through hands all my life and he wondered why i always get black uh, and for me it was quite obvious uh, but I didn't think about it. It's so strange. You don't think about these things. But then I started to study uh, University of Oslo, veterinary medicine, and I was devastated by the materialism. And I thought, I cannot live this. I, uh, this other then I realized the other world was real. Um, so I, I thought I, I, I just... I, 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 I had to leave if I cannot find anybody to talk spirituality to because I had met no one. So um, I think I, I gave myself, I went to the headmaster of the veterinary school. I said, I need a year off. And I uh, decided uh, if I didn't find anything spiritual within a year, I would actually leave this world. But my practical sense turned in, so I, I thought, okay, then I could do the civil service this year while I am trying to find 
the spiritual. So I called my father and said, are there any places near Sannefjord where I grew up that do uh, civil work? And he said, there is a home for uh, mentally retarded people just up here. And that's showed to be one Camp Hill village. I had no idea. I never heard about Steiner. And the second day, I uh, passed the uh, bookshelf there, and I saw a book about life between death and rebirth, and I was totally, I went into shock. I was trembling. And, um, well, then I didn't have to kill myself, and that's, <laughs> it saved me. <laughs> that's how I, but I, 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 I read then everything I could for uh, for years, uh, and while I was also then traveling this spiritual world that I knew from childhood, and that is why also I very soon saw that all diseases in animals were jump elemental being jumped from the owners over to the animals. And then I started as a veterinarian and it became difficult because treating animals was just pushing the disease further on to other animals. And then I had this huge revelation. It was a very famous sing-songwriter in Norway, one of the most famous. He came to me and uh, he said, uh, because we were living on the same area in northern Norway, so he said that... Um, I'm going on a tour this summer and I have four kittens. I cannot deal with that. Can you euthanize them? And I was very uh, sort of, you know, this, he, he, he was like in Norway, like Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> so I said, yes, of course, bra, bra, bra. and he came. And I, at that time, I took uh, one pound for each kitten to euthanize. That is uh, 10 kroner in Norway. So I used nice these four kittens and he said, okay, what do I pay you? And I said, 40 kroner. And then I was, in that moment, I was transported to a huge underground cave, a huge cave. And I, it was not in the, in the mine. It was real. I was there. I was standing with wide open eyes looking around. A huge cave, deep underground with stalactite and stalagmite, you know, and all this. And this, when I said 40 kroner, then this was a huge echo coming back who said 30 silver penning. And I have problems in talking about this. And then I came back to reality and this guy was standing there with the 40 kroner and I was realized I could not continue as a veterinarian. You know, that was the sum that Judas got. Mm. Then I quit and started solely human practice with homeopathy, acupuncture, and so on. And then that developed more and more spiritually to where I am today. Still treating some animals, though. <laughs> that is my life story. Thank you very much for sharing it, Ari. Um, I think mostly when I've seen your podcast interviews before and your own 
of videos that you've put out that's been much more about the content, but I really appreciate that you're sharing that personal element with us. Um, yeah, that must be quite a, it's quite a strong experience to have that this euthanizing animals and then a spiritual experience on the back of that. So yeah, thank you for sharing. Uh, the spiritual that. world told me I was Judas. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, the, quite some quite strong experiences there and then with the way you described actually seeing the the rudolf steiner lectures between uh, between death and between uh, the life between death and rebirth and that mm. was quite a, a shocking moment in a way many many people who have sort of had um clairvoyant or clairaudient experiences when they're younger do describe a, a loneliness that's associated with it because um, you don't know who you can share it with. You don't know, you know, it's real, but also you wonder why can't everybody experience it? Was that, is that just a part of the journey? Do you think this, this loneliness that people experience? Yes, that's part of the journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And then um, I've only read one of your books, Ari. We have actually met in person. I gave you a lift in the car when you were here in, in South Devon uh, to one of the workshops. Um, I've only read one book, so I haven't read your latest book, but we'll come to that in a moment. But um, the book that I read was called Demons and Healing. And you mentioned just there about uh, your experiences working with animals and how you discovered that when the animals were unwell, it was because of what was going on with the owners generally. And you described about... Um, always, always, 99%. So is that because animals just have uh, a natural wisdom where illness doesn't really need to be a part of their, a part of their life and it's really what humans are doing that brings animal suffering in that way? Yes, you could put it that way. It is we actually who make the world sick. Yes. And so, in demons and healing, what were what were you really trying to do with with that book? I mean, you were talking. You did start off talking about animals and and humans and the impact that we are having. Mm. Um, but then also, you you did move into human illness as well. And so, what what is the connection between? Maybe you could first of all tell us what. What do you mean by demons? And then yeah. what are we talking about there? Yeah, I, I use demons to sort of provocate also and wake up people. Demons are elemental beings that have been created by uh, deeds, not nice deeds, also dark deeds or, or bad deeds. And they are of two kinds. Either, either they are too strong, luciferic or aramanic or Asuric ele elemental beings, or they are actually made by bad deeds. And they are in history called demons. And they can then find a way into you and create disease. Uh, there is a, not a strict line between you have a normal elemental being like in trees and flowers and ourselves, you know, that, that need to be there and is part of us, is, is actually us, physical. 
us and when they get sort of used to our bad way of thinking jealousy or stealing and so on and so on they get sort of darker and darker and then they at, at the end can be described as demonic or demon and in old times you know, the catholic church you know still they do ex exorcising push them out but the, the sad thing is that they are not transformed they just go to somebody else just like him described in the in the bible you know in the the demons went into the swine and then and so on or they were pushed out and then took a, a tour in the wilderness and came back <laughs> with friends so they were totally aware of, of this translocation and that is what mainly happens today in all treatment acupuncture craniosacral therapy especially homeopathy when you take a homeopathic remedy go to homeopath get well then somebody else get that disease and everybody know it more or less but they refuse to talk about it because that sort of uh, disturb the relation between patient and doctor that reminds me of um in the fifth gospel in rudolf steiner's lectures on the fifth gospel the um maybe we need to go back a step for it for our, our viewers and listeners a little bit but um steiner describes these two main forces or actually beings that um influence humanity uh the luciferic aspect and the aramanic the luciferic being this being beings that want to draw us out away from the earth into a kind of a uh, a bliss a bliss spiritual world of their own but unconnected to the reality of the earth the very brief description and the aramanic that wants to in a sense fetter us to the earth um and so that we forget that we are spiritual beings um and then there's this the balancing force between those but you also mentioned asuric beings as well yeah um, as you as you describe this today in our present time you have to add also a description of the asuric beings because they are more and more uh, important in uh, today they were not that important at the time of Steiner. Much has changed in a hundred years. So maybe we can come back to that. So just just wanted to mention you when when Rudolf Steiner is speaking about this in the fifth gospel lectures, um, he mentions how the Essene community had um, you know developed themselves spiritually to a very high degree, um, but they did that in such a way that it was only protective of themselves and. And therefore, these um, what we might call um, counter forces, the Luciferic and the Aramanic beings. The, the question that um, Jesus of Nazareth asks himself, uh, as as Steiner's putting it, is that um, where do these beings go when they flee? He sees them fleeing from the Essene communities, hmm. and he asks himself, where do they go? And in a way, you're answering the question to say, well, they go. And, and as Steiner answers that question as well, they go to other towards other people. Is that is there a relationship there with? Yes, it's exactly it's exactly uh, correct. That is reality. When you do a 
let's say you are sick, you do a very, you, you live right, you, you eat right, you think right, you eat the right herbs, you get the right treatment, then you push the disease to the others or to animals. Yeah, that's a very different way to to look at um, well-being and, and healing than than most of us do these days. So um, could we then come back to the what you mean by the asuric beings? So, you know, we've got these these two sort of opposing forces of the luciferic and the aromanic. And then, yeah, maybe you can give us a bit of background about what the asuric beings are. Yeah, there are three uh, groups <clears throat> at least present all adversarial beings that is the as you said the luciferic and the aromanic and those who call, are called the asuric asuric and the luciferic uh, disease they they this this area of the elemental world where the luciferic elemental beings are was fully opened in 1879 according to Rudolf Steiner and the Arimanic, uh, the part of the elemental world where the Arimanic beings uh, abide, was fully opened around 1949. And in 2019, the area where the Asuric beings stay were opened fully. So diseases now uh, have changed. Uh, before 1950, the main diseases were fever and pain and, and like that, that is luciferic diseases. Then came the more the degener degenerative diseases, arteriosclerosis, sclerotic diseases. Uh, that is the arimanic. And now today we have more and more the diseases of the blood and the eye consciousness the blood uh, and eye consciousness, uh, which are related more to the Asuric beings. Okay, so just to, just to clarify for, for all our English speakers out there, when we say I, we're talking about um, the capital letter I, as in the individuality, the Greek word ego, um, not to be confused with the physical I, just... <laughs> just to make, make sure that that's clear. Okay, and so uh, these beings are obviously having an influence on human health and illness in our time. And what, what is the way that what, what is the way that we can actually work with that as in terms of healing? So you know, as you said, if we just uh, uh, set, set about healing ourselves and purifying ourselves, eating right and exercising, doing all the, the things we know we should do for ourselves and developing ourselves spiritually. Um, if that's actually causing the, the illness to spread to other people or to move towards other people, what do we need to do? Yeah, and that was um, Rudolf Steiner uses four and a half page in the fifth gospel to describe uh, the... Uh, the psyche of Jesus of Nazareth when he realized that no system transformed these demons. And he got, uh, as Rudolf Steiner said, depressed. And he spoke less and less. And he saw that all the uh, medical tre treat 
treatments, the herb, herbalists, the oh, I'm sure there were very good doctors at that time, natural doctors, healers, uh, religious system, all of them just translocated the adversarial beings. And he got depressed. And he went to his mother and told her about this. And, and then he got the answer. He got sort of uh, half sleep. He went to Jordan and was baptized by John the Baptist and received the answer to this question. Jules Steiner put these two things totally together. The depression of Jesus about translocation and then directly going to Jordan where he received the spirit of Christ. And that is the answer. Before Christ, it was almost impossible to transform the elemental beings. I guess it was impossible. After Christ, it is, it is possible because this Christ force is the only force that can change elemental beings. And the whole elemental world is sighing. They are longing for this transformation because they are bound. They are, uh, fes uh, what do you call it? Bound, gefesselt uh, um, in the elemental world. And they long to be free. The elves do it. The hidden people in Iceland told me, we are longing for you to release us. If you don't do that, we will be bound here for billions of years until the next cycle. Um, so you have to do, and the only way is to Christianize them. And that is uh, pro a problem today, especially with without, uh, outside of anthroposophy, because when you talk about Christ, you... Uh, People, what? Wow, that is almost a taboo word today. You can talk about Buddha or Krishna or whatever you want, and people say, oh, yeah, yeah. And you say Christ, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Um, I want to come back to that in a moment about how do we actually do that. But um, a couple of things I just wanted to add. When it comes to what Steiner describes in those lectures, which are entitled The Fifth Gospel, um, we're talking about it in here we are, you know, on the internet, talking about it on a screen and, and we're not talking about it in any, any light way. I know that. But um, Steiner's at pains to describe how difficult it, it, it was for him actually to perceive these things. Mm. And that actually, um, as he says in other places, spiritual perception um, and spiritual knowledge actually comes through suffering. In, in a way, uh, spiritual knowledge is crystallized suffering is, is something he says uh, at one point. And in this in these lectures in particular, he's very, very careful. Um, he's always careful about what he says, but he's very, very careful about what he says. And he says also, I can only express these things in, in stammering words because it's um, very, very deep um, experiences that he's sharing there and all this but I think it's important just to mention that there's, there's a, a lot of suffering involved for him personally to bring forth these words and that when we're just speaking about it in a conversation like this, um, 
it's important to know that we're not doing that lightly, uh, sharing sharing that lightly. So I just wanted to mention that. Um, but then to also come back to that, Ra, you said you said a lot of things in there that are really interesting. Um, this idea of Christianizing nature or Christianizing the the elemental beings within nature. Um, so I, I'd like to get into how we actually do that. But first, also just to to mention that a lot of people do have this thing about Christianity about the word Christ, about the word Jesus, even the word God for, for some people. And that's a lot to do with the cultural baggage of these words. Um, I don't know what it's like in Norway, but I'm from, I'm an Aussie from Australia and it's very much, you know, <laughs> don't mention the word Christ, Jesus or anything mm. like that. As you say, Buddhism, Buddhism's very cool. Uh, Hinduism's cool. You can mention all kinds of other things, but Christianity in any way um is, is a taboo taboo subject for a lot of people but that is actually changing um, and I'm working with some young people at the moment where I'm actually experiencing that that that's changing but unfortunately there's also a sort of a reaction back the other way so a lot of people who've been involved in the new age movement uh, and new you know Kundalini yoga or whatever it is they're into are having sort of uh, spiritual experiences but often, negative or very difficult spiritual experiences and then they're actually going take doing complete 180 and becoming you know hardcore fundamentalist christians and telling everybody else that if you don't read the bible you're going to go to hell and all that kind of stuff so there's a kickback happening there's there's lots of interesting things happening culturally but um do you have anything to to add to that about this oh. hmm. No, I can uh, sign under what you said. I totally agree. It's not easy. So um, I, I gave a lecture on the World Congress of Veterinarians talking about uh, all the diseases in animals come from the humans. So all treatment of animals is actually symptomatic and in vain. And uh, yes, those veterinarians who was from the east there, they said, it's totally right. We know about this. We just don't tell it to you. And then uh, the leader of the veterinarian said, but this, yes, we, we sort of understand what you say, but can't you not say Christ? Can't you say just the good or Buddha or whatever? And I said, no, I can't. You can actually say Christ consciousness. That is a little more accepted. So uh, I sometimes do that. The Christ force or Christ energy or Christ consciousness, then, then they accept it in New Age also. Yeah, or cosmic Christ. I think people can handle cosmic that. Cosmic Christ, yes. Cosmic Christ consciousness. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I've had to deal with this a lot, a lot even just in my own life you know having sort of rejected mm. any kind of christianity in my late teens uh, but then actually going on to study at the seminary for the christian community which um, is this movement that that came out of rudolf steiner's work as well and a lot of the work i think is actually helping people to deal with their own trauma around these words and get mm. rid of some of the baggage you know like we just talk about things like the word sin for example 
which from the, the, the literal translation from Greek is to miss the mark, you know, which a lot of people probably know. Mm. Um, but anyway, I think I just wanted to address that sort of cultural question for the moment. So thank you. Um, but maybe if we want to go back to where we were and this question of Christianizing nature, and of course we don't mean, you know, taking all the elemental beings to church on Sunday or anything like that. We're talking about something very, very deep that's occurring. Um, maybe you could tell us a little bit about what does that actually mean, Christianizing the nature elemental beings, and how do we actually go about that? Uh, one way I have, um, and it took me many years to find that way, is to, you see, when you can see or observe or hear or smell or see, I, I do the seeing, an elemental being, you have a certain power over it. Uh, if I see an elemental being and say, go there, it has to go there. But what I then did in the beginning with disease was to open the middle, what I call the Christ middle. By opening, I push the, um, the elemental beings of the, of the uh, Luciferic upwards and the Aramanic downwards. So you get an opening in the middle heart area. It's like the uh, Sacre Coeur, Sacred Heart, that Jesus points to that heart. And then you invite Christ into that area. And that starts a transformation of the elemental beings. And the disease change. And then they, these elemental beings are not transposed or translocated out. They are starting to transform. Uh, that I can do also uh, with uh, the elemental beings in cell phones, in uh, 5G masts, in vaccines, for example. I treated my patients who had uh, bad effects after the COVID vaccine. And then you looked at the elemental being that was in the vaccine, which was an Assyric elemental being, by the way. And then you open the middle in this elemental being and it changed. For example, one woman, she had a paralysis after the vaccine. She could not walk. She was paralyzed. So I opened the middle of that elemental being. And then after one month, she was totally restored. And she said, now I can paint. Uh, you see, when you Christianize, you have a, an elemental being from, a, let's say, a vaccine. It is disturbing your body. Then you open the middle and Christianize it. You invite Christ into the middle. And then this elemental being not only loses its uh, pathology, uh, pathological potential, but it helps you. And that is what Rudolf Steiner again and again said, when we meet the problems of future, that electricity or 5G or vaccines, or you will, we shall not just push them away, we shall go into them and transform them to something good. That is how we can actually save, because when we just push it away, we don't help anything, we just help ourselves, then we become Essenes. Okay, so what you're saying about um, 
opening up the middle, this gesture of creating a space where, you know, moving the luciferic that way and the aromatic this way. Yeah. What, what are we talking about there? Like, is it actually, is it enough to say the words? Is it enough to do a gesture? I mean, you have to, first, you have to observe them in some way. And when you observe the elemental beings, you have a great power over them. It's like, they are like uh, children. If I see two children that are uh, planning something bad, and I go there and I take each one in their shoulder and drag them away from each other. It's that simple, like treating children. And then this in this middle, then I say, in the love of Jesus Christ. And Christ said, whoever do this in my name will succeed. It is actually very important to use the name. If I don't use the name, it doesn't work. And you said that you need to be able to perceive them first so what about for people who can't perceive them or can't perceive them yet is it is it dangerous to do this is it um well i uh, there is that is why the last book the nordic path of initiation where i describe how to venture into the elemental world and observe the elemental beings that's why that is very important and that is also called the vidar path and according to Rudolf Steiner Mikael the archangel he after 1879 he he advanced to become an archai and the one who took over sort of his work office <laughs> was Vidar so he is today the presenter of Christ in the elemental world and Vidar is also the uh, folk spirit of Norway. And where did Rudolsteiner give the lectures of the five, fifth, like uh, the fifth gospel? That was Absolutely. in Oslo, in Norway. And I've been in that room. I even slept there. So, um, so this is actually very much connected. Um, so that is why it is called the northern path of initiation, which opens the path through the elemental world. And this path that Rudolsteiner describes is not a path through the uh, elemental world, because at that time the elemental world was, world was closed. Johanna von Kaiserling asked him, can we go through the elemental world? And he said, yes, we can, but it's very dangerous. But you should have said today. But it's later said in the future we have to go through the domains of the adversarials to reach Christ. So today, 100 years later, we have to go, according to Steiner, through the elemental realms, which is the domain of the adversarial forces, to reach the Christ through Vidar, who is then at this path, the guardian of the threshold. Okay, so are we talking that about was that was much. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot there. That there was a lot there, but that was good. Um, and we did want to come to on to talking about uh, that that which is uh, the latest book, which is um, travels on the northern path 
of initiation. And um, what I wanted to ask was about that because, you know, for example, my introduction to anthroposophy and Steiner's work was through um, the, the book How to Know Higher Worlds or Knowledge of the Higher Worlds. And that path, you know, is something that I've been working with for, you know, over 20 years and lots, lots of other people uh, sort of have that book as their basis of their spiritual work and spiritual path. And Steiner describes in that book many, many different exercises for working on essentially the different sh chakras, um, especially the heart chakra, the throat chakra, etc., and uh, developing ourselves in that way. So when when whenever people come to me and say, "Oh, you know, there's this path, and there's this path, and there's this path of it," or this stream, often in anthroposophy, people were talking about streams, and Steiner did talk about many many different streams and paths. You know, there's the Christian path, the path of uh, of suffering, the path of you know, there's lots of different different paths. And you said something earlier that that now we we need to be doing the northern path and i'm just wondering what's what's the difference between uh working with not how to know higher worlds or someone who's working with the thoughts in philosophy of freedom for example and then this northern path you're talking about well the uh, philosophy of freedom describes a, a aspect of the northern path actually of all because there he described that if you connect the percept and the concept, you sort of deaden the thinking. Uh, so you have to keep the percept and the concept separate. And that is also, that stops you on the northern path through the elemental realms. Because when you say, oh, what is that? That is that the gnome? Then you stop, you deaden your thinking or your observation. So the philosophy of freedom is important for all the paths. The Rosicrucian path, or the Christian path, or the Northern path, or other paths. That is very important. Uh, that's why he said in 400 years or whatever it was, he said that all anthroposophy will be gone, except the philosophy of freedom. Because that describes a generality of all the paths. But... I, I was wondering when I uh, read that, that he said that in uh, some hundred years, all is gone. And that is sort of true because in only a hundred years, let's say 25% uh, is already changed. It's not the same. So in 400 years, it is not the same at all. When you, for example, read the Kimische Hochzeit from Christian Rosenkreuz, uh, I don't know in English. Um, yeah, the, the chemical wedi wedding of yeah. Christian yeah. Rosenkreutz. Yeah. Yeah, that is described description of a path into the spiritual world. But that was done hundreds of years ago, and it doesn't work that way today. Um, even in the uh, spring of 1924, Steiner said to several friends that if this path I have described, which is called the modern or the modern Rosicrucian path, is not followed or, or traveled by, by my followers, it will shut. 
And then in the autumn of 24, he said that nobody had done it. It is shut. Um, and that caused him very much grief and pain. And at that time, the path through the elemental world was closed. And according to his words, the uh, path of the uh, knowledge of the high world was closed. So at that point, there were no paths into the spiritual world. So today, the path through the elemental world is now totally open. Um, of course, you can travel the path of the uh, knowledge of the higher worlds, but then you have to sort of open it again. Because if nobody travels this path, it, it is like a path in the in the forest. It, it becomes covered. It becomes un- walkable okay very interesting very interesting um so ari just another question i had in there was around the question of the guardian so in how to know higher worlds for example the guardian of the threshold is this being um which is really in many ways the sum of everything of which we have made ourselves. So all of our karmic background, etc., has um, created a, a being. And before we cross the threshold into the spiritual world safely and um, in, the, in a healthy way, we need to have a, have a meeting with this being. Um, and usually all of the spiritual work that we've done up to that point is in many ways to strengthen us in order to be able to cope with this experience of meeting this being, with, which in many ways is ourselves, <laughs> our lower self, maybe you could put it that way, before we can then have a true healthy experience of the spiritual world uh, proper. So that... But you forget one thing there, and you see that is uh, what I would describe as the lesser guardian, that is ourselves. And there is a greater guardian, which is a real spiritual figure. When you go through the elemental world, this lesser guardian is met at every stage of the elemental world. So when you reach a threshold then to the spiritual world, you meet the greater guardian. And that is, in this path, Vidar. Okay, so... Um, in knowledge of higher worlds, yes, I, I didn't get to it, but um, Steiner talks about then the meeting with the greater guardian. Hmm. Um, and so so it's not the Christ being? Vidar is the face of Christ, say Rudolf Steiner, or the bringer of Christ today. Okay, yeah, he uses the word... Um, countenance as well doesn't he the yeah. countenance of christ or the so, archangel of the sun while michael was the archangel of the sun but today is the archai okay so there's been this this transition take place and yes yeah okay interesting yeah and that is very important to know and that happened during the last hundred years mm-hmm. and so and- and then when you meet Vidar, he will teach you everything you need. That is a combination of personal and general teaching. And 
just to tell one interesting thing, you know, when when I read these uh, lecture cycles of Steiner, I sometimes get a little irritated because every new cycle he starts with describing the cultural ages or the earth ages, and he goes systematically through it all like this. And I thought, yes, I read this 20 times before. But when I met then Vidar, he did exactly the same. He started to describe all the cultures age, cultural ages. I think he I sat eight weeks listening. Uh, and that was uh, 24-7. Describing all the cultural ages. Very much like Steiner, but there were some 10-15% difference some differences. Uh, so that seems to be a spiritual law that when you enter the spiritual world, you have to relate to uh, time changes, the, the time of this physical world. Yeah, just a comment on that. No, I think it's really that's really important. Yeah, I remember reading many, many different lectures and again, hearing over and over and over this this age and this age and all this India, age. Old India, all, all Saturn, Sun. You know. <laughs> okay, but that's good. So you're, you actually have had a spiritual experience which confirms the importance of that. And, I mean, if you think about it just in, in logical terms anyway, to know where we are in terms mm. of uh, the evolution of consciousness and where we are right now in terms of um, Earth evolution it's it makes it makes sense of a lot of things you know if we don't know that we're in this particular cultural age which has these particular challenges and particular opportunities then it's very difficult to know to be able to read the signs of the times and know what's occurring i mean would yes. you agree with that it's just like in school you know when you start in the first grade you go through the history at at a certain way then and uh, in the uh, higher school, you go through the history again in another way. And then at uh, high school, you go through the history again. At least in Norway, you go to history three times, sort of higher levels. And I think those who did that, made that, it was quite wise. Okay. Well, speaking of history, uh, in your latest book, you also talk about this um, actually something that occurred in ancient China. That is uh, not the latest again. That is the uh, deception of Lucifer. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's that's right. The previous, well, uh, an earlier book, the, yeah, thank the, you. the Luciferic deception. Forgive me. Um, so maybe would you mind talking about that or do you, we could stick to the northern path if you have more to say about that first? Well, the Luciferic deception is actually to make translocation more easy. Uh, that is more for therapists, I think, therapists. I don't think that is uh, general. It's more interesting for therapists and doctors. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I mean, so, okay, so what else can you tell us about this this northern path and this you know, why that's so necessary now? Uh, because 
to say it very, repeat it actually, I can repeat it more clearly. Um, Steiner wanted us to travel into the spiritual world ourselves. That was his goal, to open the path into the spiritual world. And for that, he described a lot of exercises. And he described a lot of hacks from the spiritual world where he traveled and he could travel. Then, uh, at that time, the path through the elemental world was closed or dangerous. Somebody could go there, but he then became quite upset when these people said, I've done this and this, and he said, that is dangerous, don't do that. Then, um, if you read uh, Rudolf Steiner's Leidensweg, also there's a German book, not translated, he told several friends in 24 that my followers don't seem to be able to do what I have done. They don't seem to be able to go into the spiritual world, really. Maybe a few, two, three, four, but nothing more. And he said also that, and that is documented in this book, that if nobody go there within autumn, it will be closed. And then in the autumn, he said to several friends, it is closed. And that's why nobody have been able to go into the spiritual world and report the changes for the last hundred years. A few, uh, Ben Aharon, maybe I have done it. Uh, a few have uh, reported some changes, but that became too difficult and the elemental path through the elemental world was too uh, dangerous. But in 49 and 2019, the elemental world opened more and more. So today it is possible. And in my opinion, that is the, I don't like to use the word easiest because it sounds like a quick fix, but I still will use that expression, it is the easiest way into the spiritual world through the elemental world. Um, there are several paths into the spiritual world. The one Steiner, he was able to travel that more difficult path. Uh, but according to his own words, not mine, it became more or less closed and this uh, elemental world is more or less opened. That's why I think it is important. Because you have to go there yourself today. You cannot just read what others have seen or done and described. Because also when you do not go there, you are not able to Christianize the elemental beings. Because part of that path is to be able to observe or see or smell or hear or whatever the elemental beings. And when you do that, you can actually give them something. It's like you, I, if I don't meet you or see you or hear you or smell you, I cannot give you a cake. I can go in blindness and maybe I, somebody take a cake, but uh, if I want you, I have to see you or hear you, or at least taste you, or feel you, or whatever. 
So there is, um, that is the problem today. We have different parts, but if uh, this changes, for example, that Vidar is the, um, is the main uh, guardian of the threshold today, because Mikael is an archai, there are, to my knowledge, very few, or to my knowledge, nobody who have met Vidar. And that means that nobody had traveled into the spiritual world. You would meet him there. And there are other beings there uh, who I met who nobody talked about. So that's why I think that you have to go this Nordic path and train this Nordic path. Well, or other ways, I'm not, uh, just that is what I did, my path. Well, that's a good question to end on. We'll have to finish up in a second, but, um, you know, you, you said we have to go the northern path. Um, so does that mean, I mean, does that mean all other paths are not on the table anymore? I mean, I know you said about Steiner talking about the elemental world being closed at a particular time or that path. Um, but what about all the other different streams? Well, you can... My point is that you have to venture into the spiritual world today. You have to venture there. We Some path. Uh, some can uh, do it this path. Some There might be Muslim paths. There might be Rosicrucian paths. And some go there, but... Uh, and I don't hear so much about Can you hear me, Ari? It's just, uh, it's frozen up. I don't know if you can see me or hear me, but I can't, I've lost you. Yes. Did you get what I said? Uh, most of it, but um, I'm not sure where, which point it stopped. You yeah. Just, you just started saying maybe there are these other paths, but. Yeah. And if they uh, work well, then it should be reported the changes from those people who go these paths. And I, uh, all I have read or heard or talked with, uh, I don't see that there is much reports. So if I describe a way to go to, let's say, to um, Ireland, uh, a new way to Ireland, and uh, I, nobody described the changes in Dublin, then I doubt that I have been there. It's very simple. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Well, Ari, it's been it's been great to have a chat with you. And but this is very difficult because many feel that I then uh, disvalue the path that Steiner uh, described. I do not.
but according to himself, his followers were not able to walk that path. Um, well, that's a very good point because that, that was actually going to be my next question if we had more time was just how, how has this been received? How, you know, how do, when you meet people and talk to people, especially in the anthroposophical world, um, how, how, how is it received, what you're saying? I um, this book, the Rudolf Steiner's Leidensweg, that is the uh, the suffering path of Rudolf Steiner, a book just recently published. This uh, author have gathered all his conversations with friends, close friends, where he say that that uh, uh, that uh, I am sort of disappointed because this is seem to be too difficult. This path. And there, and today, at in 1925-24, there were no other obvious paths because the path through the elemental world was closed, and uh, the Muslim path he didn't want, and you had the Eastern path, which he also sort of disevaluated himself. Um, so it was a sort of a problem at that time. But I don't disevaluate uh, what he did, and that path can be reopened, of course, and it will be. But today, it seems that it is not really reopened. Okay. Yeah. Well, Ari, um, I really appreciate you sharing that with us today because I did. Um, unfortunately, I missed the first part of your workshop, and I only attended the second part. So I. I did miss out on the context. And so I did have a lot of questions and I think you've helped to clarify a lot of things for me personally today. And also appreciate you saying at the end there that you're not um, disvaluing or undervaluing what, uh, what Steiner brought or what all these other paths that he talked about. And you're actually taking into account his own words um, reported from these people. I have, I have to look into that book actually um, because you, you read you read German, yes? Yeah, I do, yeah. Yeah, and uh, the, the uh, Rudolsteiner's Leidensweg, I can uh, give, send you the... I have it just in another room here. I can send you the link. Oh, okay, that'd be great, yeah. And uh, we also got in... Um, one way I got in touch with you, apart from when we met, was um, the publishers, uh, Rudolf Steiner Press, got in touch with me and said, could you please interview Ari? So uh, I'm really glad that we eventually got there and, and made it happen. And perhaps we can have another conversation some other time uh, to continue the conversation. But thank you very much for joining me today, Ari. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. Also, um, you're actually coming over to South Devon uh, at some point I hear, so we might be able to meet each other again. Yes, I am going there in this early spring, isn't it? That's right. That's what that's what I think I saw. Yeah. yeah. Together with Andrew and one Andrew Linnell and one other. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, look forward to that. Oh, and one other thing, Ari, I'll I'll put all your links to your books and everything and your website or whatever links that you have in the description. Is there one don't you mention? I don't have a website. I'm not so really like all these things. But uh, all the books are, I think it is 39 
publications totally. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. Uh, but uh, most of them I have not so interested. Uh, some are vet veterinarian, and I'm not really interested in that so much anymore. Okay. But uh, the the most important are uh, in Temple Lodge and uh, and this and uh, yeah, actually. And Clairview, Clairview Publishing, I Clairview also yes, yeah. the Luciferic Deception, yes. Okay, well, I'll put all the links to the books anyway. That the the newer books that you want to want that you want out there, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. so that people people can find out about them, and also if there's any workshops and things coming up as well. But, uh, but yeah. on my Facebook page, there I have uh, at the first uh, what lectures and workshops. Oh, great. Okay, we'll link that one. I, but I reduce that too because I uh, get older and I uh, don't like to travel that much. I'm seventy-one now, so I uh, I uh, start to lose strength. Okay. Well, thank you for. For giving us your time and and strength and energy and uh, <laughs> and uh, all of your knowledge that you're sharing with people as well, appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Take care, Aaron. Bye bye. Goodbye. Thank you very much for listening to the Spiritual Scientist podcast. You can support us to continue creating the show by becoming a member on YouTube and receive lots of member benefits such as early release videos, member-only chat, and much, much more. Just go down to the bottom of the video where it says join and click on that button to find out more. If you prefer to become a member off YouTube, then you can go to uh, subscribestar.com slash mickyoung. That's subscribestar.com slash mickyoung. These links are also in the description to the video. And other ways to support the show are to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or simply like, share the video, and comment on the video. And also, uh, at the time of recording, uh, I'm still actually offering a free spiritual development consultation with me personally, so if you're interested in that, just head over to spiritualscientist.org slash call. That's spiritualscientist.org slash call. And look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks for tuning in. Bye for now.